one. Hello and welcome to the Football Parliament podcast, your one-stop destination for all your football debates, opinions and discussions. The last 48 hours in world football have been eventful to say the least. The formation of a breakaway European Super League, the elite clubs of Europe joining the Super League, the sacking of Tottenham manager Jose Mourinho, the suspension of European Super League along with the new format of the current existing UEFA Champions League. Thus, today, for the discussion of all this, the saga over the last two days, I've got Vedant and Aryan joining me for this podcast. Welcome, guys. Straight away, Aryan, what are your views on all that's happened? I feel uh, like in the last 48 hours, what has happened with football has, okay, according to me, has been unprecedented. Like, uh, you know, people, uh, even I think Arsene Wenger in 2010 predicted that, uh, that there was bound to be a European Super League, like sometime. And I think it was in the works for a long time. You know, people were expecting that uh, all the owners are planning for a mega league, you know, like all of the best teams play with each other, like, uh, like an NFL format or like an NBA format. But nobody expected it to happen so swift. Because I remember I was, I think, watching United Burnley. And I think that game ended 3-1. And then suddenly after that, I was watching the post-match press conference and I think Ole got asked about the plans for the new uh, 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 the ESL. So even I was taken aback by that. And then in the next 48 hours, the amount of information which has come across has been, I think, varied. And uh, because uh, we can see Jose Marino got sacked, Ed Woodward resigned. There have been doubts over uh, the European participation of both, I think, Chelsea, Man City, uh, uh, Chelsea, Man City, and I think even United, as well as Arsenal, uh, uh, all of their positions got jeopardized. Uh, and we could also see that there had been a huge reaction on social media regarding all of this. So, but then again, I still feel that all of this was premeditated because I feel that the owners, they might be disconnected from the game, but at least they might have advisors who would have told them that this sort of reaction would have been expected from, like I think, not only the footballing community around, but like all over the world in like reaction to the breakaway league which they were willing to form. Vedan, what are your views on what, what's happened in the last two days? I think in the last 48 hours, we got to know about the sacking of Jose Mourinho, which I feel now is related to the ESL, but ultimately even Spurs backed out of the ESL. They face an important game. Let's see how they cope up. And apart, apart from that, we got to know that Andre Agnelli has resigned from Juventus president um, and Ed Woodbird also resigned from Manchester United as his, as the president. Then I think here we're also pretending like people think that Sky Sports, FIFA and UEFA are the correct ones here. They aren't, uh, they aren't some angels here. They're equally responsible for this. And yesterday I mentioned that uh, UEFA had a meeting with these presidents, Florentino Perez, Andrea Agnelli and Ed Woodward regarding the Super League and last week they were completely comfortable with this and all of a sudden they've overreacted to the situation and they're they're I think they're just outraged because someone has found a better and a greedier way to make money and hasn't involved them that's what I feel and in a couple of years after the Champions League has 40 teams and the World Cup is hosted in another slave-run country I do not want to hear any complaint about the corruption and football being ruined because people are thinking that just because ESL ended, so has the corruption in football also been ended. That's not true. 
that's actually a very good point uh, aryan going back to one of your points he said that the uh, entire situation was pre planned according to you so how do you think uh, why do you think about that uh because like as i stated earlier like i would be really surprised if they actually expected uh, you know no reaction to come across because of the or uh, because of the european super league so like speaking in i think specific terms to united so even when the glazers bought the club they were a little surprised by the entire you know uh, thing about relegation as well as promotion in uh, in the english premier league because relegation and promotion if you face it is bad for business because like nobody can you know expect that a team will get relegated or will get promoted because even in 2015-16 leicester who finished uh, i think just two places above relegation zone like uh, won the league so if whereas if you see the nfl model like the uncertainty is removed so it is much better for planning and a uh, business united being a consistent i think uh, champion league at least quarter finalist went from that to i think struggling in the europa league so, so i think they wanted to remove that uncertainty so then because of that i feel that uh, united real and all of these clubs thought that it would be much better to organize a breakaway league where the best play against the best okay. and like you know uh, you eliminate all the mediocrity which exists so according to me i feel that this was already pre planned uh, and like they knew that the esl won't work especially with the fans or uefa fifa because they knew uefa uh, and fifa hold the entire card about international tournaments and that players no matter how much they paid at the end of the day they will still want to play in the champion league they will still want to play for the national teams uh so therefore i feel it was just a ploy to renegotiate terms with ufr to restructure the champion league as well as get much more money out of this and i feel another thing is they can also i think in the domestic league stress about more tv rights because the premier league when it was created in i think 92 93 was to bring in more compensation for the clubs which are competing in the top flight of the english division so if, again i feel that they want to re- renegotiate terms improve the terms especially for the top 6 as well as you know increase the entire gap which exists between the top 6 in the premier league as well as the rest of the clubs so yeah that's why i feel that all of this was a pre-planned situation and like not something you know which just came about so who do you think has been benefited from this situation the most uh, i think uh, that you know like uh, i think uefa and fifa have definitely benefited from this because uh, like you know uh, earlier initially uefa and fifa did not have the best of images uh, like especially because of the racism okay uh, i think campaign that's like the inactivity which uefa have shown you know towards like uh, banning racist crowds okay and i think definitely fifa also because like uh, i had read reports about uh, issues of slave labor coming up while like building the i think uh, stadiums in qatar Uh, so basically i feel that all of them have used this uh, esl situation to i think spin their own narrative about how they want the best for football whereas these clubs are the greedy ones so i think they have definitely benefited from this and i feel that the clubs also at some level now know that they have power and like you know like they can hold uefa and fifa ransom uh, and uh, and you know bring about revolution in football so i feel even they on a level have benefited from this Right. Now let's take a moment to discuss the new format of the UEFA Champions League. Vedant, what are your thoughts on the format? To be honest, people are saying that yes, this is a very great format. For some reason, I just don't believe in this because what happens in the new format is that um, just a second that a club like, for example, if a club like West Ham, it ends up fifth in the Premier League, and Manchester United ends up sixth. West Ham could qualify for the Europa League and Manchester United would qualify for the UCL. 
that's what's going to happen because ucl places will be given to the club with the highest club coefficient that weren't able to qualify to the ufa champions league uh, through their domestic leagues even the format itself is much of a league format instead of group stages and knockout and i don't find see to be honest as a fan i think champions league is already so perfect at least the competition not talking about efa or something about that but champions league as a tournament is already so perfect that i don't think it requires any changes but sadly it is being changed from 2024 onwards it's going to have 36 teams instead of 32 which is the current existing format and uh, also that eight teams are going to directly go to the round of 16 the teams from 9th to 24th will compete in two legged uh, ties for the round 16 places so i think that's going to be a lot more matches in fact and uh, th- that can lead to a lot more injuries and uh, tight schedules for players as well so now let's talk about uh, let's continue on ian's point of uh, UEFA and FIFA I think the fact that UEFA aren't taking enough steps to conquer something like racism but in this situation most I've been pleased by is the reaction of fans but do we see a similar reaction in matter like racism I don't think so we don't What do we, yeah yeah we don't put equal importance to matters like racism for example uh recently there was this case i guess in league 1 where uh, alvaro alvaro garcia a marseille player he racially abused neymar and that's a true incident people are thinking no because neymar neymar overreacts to every incident this is a pretty much build up one but no that's not the case this is a pretty pretty much uh, incident which has happened and uh, i don't think fifa has taken enough actions to curb this just look at the way they've curbed the esl plans they've completely i think they've completely hold uh, florentino perez as the scapegoat where people are saying he's wrong he's the one who's wrong even the clubs who they cl- the clubs actually backed out out of this so it's only florentino perez who's getting the blame now i mean you're the one who accepted to this right so you're equally a part of the problem so what would be your measures or things the fans can do to conquer something like racism arin the way the fans united for the to curb the esl to suspend yeah. it we we need to do the same with racism right actually to be honest as a chelsea fan the reaction that i saw outside the stamford bridge was so pleasing especially with the fact that there were so many supporters in midst of a global pandemic all of them coming out and i heard that social distancing and other such things were followed like obviously it cannot be followed completely but uh, there were very few people without face mask uh, masks and all and even seeing petr check coming and then shortly after chelsea living up to the promise and actually withdrawing from the european super league was actually a delight to watch so now uh, let's continue on the new uh, format of the uefa Ch- champions league arin what are your views on the new format uh same like okay, i am not that aware about the new format of the champions league uh, but like uh, what i have read is that uh, i think they want to uh, eliminate like a lot of fat from the competition and like you know focus mostly on i think the big names like real united chelsea so like you know uh, they get more exposure and that uh, they're guaranteed places in the round of 16 uh, and uh, the rest of the clubs i think participate in that uh, again i feel that this is a bit anti competitive 
because it I think removes the story of the underdog. Uh, I think uh, when like clubs like uh, I think Marcel, I think won their first uh, Champions League when nobody expected them to. Uh, I think the 16-17 season when they had qualified. So I think uh, guaranteeing places for some teams in the round of 16 will actually be, I think, anti-competitive to say the least. Like when it comes to the entire format of the Champions League. Now let's look at one of the hot take that's come to me towards through Twitter. It says that had the UEFA Super League had a system of relegation. Because it does have a system of uh, five temporary teams which do change. So, you can consider that as, uh, you know, getting into the competition on merit. So, had the uh, European Super League had a system of relegation and was appropriately supported by the domestic competition, uh, reminding that it never intended to replace the Premier League, only the UEFA Champions League. So, had it been supported by the domestic competition along with the international competition, would the UEFA Champions League... Uh, be, sorry, the European Super League be uh, acceptable to you? Uh, like, uh, uh, so if you're asking me, I feel that it is like, you know, an innovative idea. Like, uh, stuff can be done uh, moving forward with the, uh, with the Super League. But, you know, I just feel he, uh, uh, like the saying, if it's not broken, why fix it? We already have a Champion League. We already have a, a Europa League. Then there's a talk of, I think, a third uh, European competition also coming. Conference like, League. Yeah. Uh, for all the teams who, I think, finish 8 to 10. So, I feel that, you know, uh, uh, like by incorporating the entire the best uh, versus the best model, uh, I feel, you know, it just adds another burden. And like, even if the domestic leagues agree, so that would mean uh, that the death of the Champion League and that some teams, you know, like Ajax, uh, Porto, Benfica, like they are denied the opportunity of, you know, competing against the best team. Uh, and like only some clubs, because of their heritage, as well as the current turnover, they are, you know, like guaranteed uh, spots in the Super League, whereas the other teams need to fight for their survivals. So I feel that even though it is an innovative idea and that uh, definitely, you know, like it could have been improved. But still, uh, I wouldn't argue that even if it had the backing of UEFA uh, as well as FIFA, like it would have been a success according to a fan's point of view. But if UEFA or FIFA found a way to profit off it, like then they would definitely push for it. Okay, and then I think the fan voice wouldn't have mattered that much. So the narrative right now is that if the European Super League had uh, materialized, money would take over passion and other such stuff in football. But don't you think that's the case already? Because we've got, uh, if you uh, remember, in the start of the season, Sky Sports were charging like £10, which was pay-per-view policy. We have the inefficiency of uh, matters like the uh, financial fair play who failed to ban Manchester City from the UEFA Champions League despite, I think, clear, uh, we can say, crime and overspending. So, don't you think football is already being ruined by money just that it's not by the European Super League. Yeah, football has definitely become uh, a money miner. And like this is not a recent development. So I think ever since the 90s, and I think football started uh, started uh, commercializing and I think opening up to the world. So it has definitely become a uh, money miner. 
But like, if you consider the case of the European Super League, I think you know it is two negatives towards each other, and like we need to consider which one is more negative than the other. Uh, so even though football is governed by money right now, we have to consider that the uh, uh, that the e, uh, uh, ESL is even more deteriorating than the system we have right now. So that's why I think there's an outrage. FFP violations will still continue. Uh, 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 Saudi billionaires, uh, Russian billionaires, American billionaires, they will still uh, uh, acquire clubs. Like the entire Newcastle debate was also happening about how the UK government is, uh, I think, blocking the uh, one of the Saudi businesses from actually investing in Newcastle. So that I think that money will still be the primary objective of football, and like fan voice, you know, still won't count. Uh, but like the only thing is ESL was something worse and like I think we prevented that so that we could go back to the entire uh, model once again. Right, that's how we discussed how money is, we can say, currently even ruining football and people say that the European Super League would have been bad. But I think the current situation isn't better, it's just less worse if that makes any sense. We had a choice between two evils of right now and the European Super League and with all the fan opposition, the opposition of football pundits, we did choose, uh, which is less worse. One thing I really liked was how the entire footballing world did unite all the fans, different places, different teams, different opinions, mobilized together, uh, had protests, had internet oppositions, uh, which ultimately led to the suspension of the European Super League. Vinan, do you have any points to add? This, I agree with you and I agree with Aryan completely. I think when you said that, yeah, the football community combined as a whole against this European Super League agenda, they need to do the same with certain other topics like racism, with the Black Lives Matter movement. We need to do, do the same thing. Plus, about the corruption, tell me, who allotted FIFA World Cup to Qatar despite not considering players' difficulty? FIFA did that. Who lifted Manchester City's FFP ban? UEFA did that. Plus, um, who put tighter fixtures in the middle of a pandemic just for their own profit, but not taking players and club difficulty in account? FIFA and UEFA. So, the corruption is already there. And I guess UEFA Conference League is just another way to earn more money and fill, their, fill in their pockets. Do you have any points to add, Arjun? Uh, uh, not really. I think Vedan summed it up. The uh, UEFA, FIFA, and like, uh, I think, you know, uh, 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 then at some level, I think even the uh, the local governing bodies of I think leagues, uh, uh, if the leagues are responsible, like uh, uh, I think there was a match, uh, I think two or yeah, three weeks ago where I think Valencia versus Villarreal, uh, okay, in which I think one Valencia player was racially abused, okay, and you know like the entire team walked off, but then La Liga ordered them to uh, return to the pitch, okay, or else they will be you know like okay, also they will be awarded a three 0 uh, default loss. Then I didn't see, you know, like any statement from La Liga, like, you know, condemning racism or like, you know, talking about. But the moment the talk about the ESL came up, like there were a statement from all of the La Liga clubs. There was a statement from La Liga also, like, you know, like talking about okay, how this is ruining football. So I think that all of these uh, organizations, all of these leagues, you know, they pick and choose about matters which affect them and okay, what will, you know, reduce their pockets than compared to actual issues inside the game. It was very well summarized. So, it was a good discussion on uh, the European Super League its suspension and the effects that it will have on future football as well as the impact on money on current football. So, thank you, Aryan, for joining our, 
uh, podcast dear guesting it was amazing having you and yeah it was amazing thanks having you as usual uh, thank you everyone for listening to the end and more top quality football content keep listening to the football parliament podcast give this video a like and share it with all your friends until next time i'm palash modi signing off thank you guys thank you guys thank you for having me on the podcast